You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast, brought to you ad-free with the support of our patrons. Visit mashthosebuttons.com or stay tuned after the show for more details. Hey there, welcome to episode 129 of Push the Point, presented by Mash Those Buttons, your source for Overwatch League news, player updates, storylines, and more in this Overwatch League offseason. I am your host, Ramses. Thanks for being here. Follow us on Twitter at PushPointPOD. Leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify, because I have confirmed you can do that now. Or send us an email at pushthepoint at gmail.com. We're happy to be with you here in the dry, dry desert that is Overwatch content in current year whenever you hear this but <laughs> i'm here of course with my co-host labosco lobo as a fellow nomad in in the, the wasteland of watch content we currently find ourselves in how are you doing uh i'm doing all right um there, there's still been a lot to pay attention to for the most part even though there hasn't been like uh any of the news we really want um there's been some things that people are kind of excited for um i don't know there's there's been a lot of big news too that we get to talk about here on the podcast because um even though there's not overwatch news there's other abk news that's kind of important that we get to talk about so i'm kind of excited for all that definitely a uh, lots to follow up on on there um i think that's going to be kind of the meat of this episode by th- there is some general overwatch 2 stuff that we'll talk about uh i guess Number one, um, I'm going to skip to this part really quick. Um, Lego delayed its Overwatch 2 Lego sets in response directly to allegations against Activision Blizzard King. Uh, a bunch of there was a couple different Lego sets that were supposed to drop February 1st of 2022, and they were pushed back as they are, quote, reevaluating their relationship with Activision Blizzard. Uh, I've heard those words before. Um, I'm hoping they take a different meaning with Lego because I don't think Lego has the financial resources to buy Activision Blizzard, but we never know. Um, so <laughs> I we'll mean, see. The, the the Lego thing is much different than than the other story we get to talk about, which obviously by now you've heard about uh, Activision Blizzard being bought. But the um, th- this is a different sort of uh, rethinking of things, right? You're not going to be like taking over the company and and thinking about, okay, how can we make things better and stuff like that? Like this is a different sort of partnership. So uh, it makes a lot of sense, um, especially to what's the point. Here's the thing too. What's the point of releasing Overwatch 2 Lego sets when Overwatch 2 isn't even coming out yet? So like from a financial standpoint, as far as like them working with Activision Blizzard, it kind of makes sense anyways, right? Mm. So to me, it's like, okay, this works out for them in two different ways. One, there's nothing really launching with this. Like there's no like Overwatch 2 buzz to make people want to buy these Lego sets. So yeah, delay. But Chris, but Chris, there's an Overwatch 2 dev kit that got added to Battle.net for a little bit of time. That definitely means the demo's coming. That maybe, definitely means that something's happening Maybe. Soon. Who knows? Maybe maybe it is a, a sign of something to come. Who who knows? Right? If they if they didn't want um people like people they knew that people were going to see this stuff like as far as the dev kit thing like as soon as they put it on there. So like like maybe it's just them trying to create some hype of some kind, but if you're creating hype for no reason, it's kind of useless, right? Yeah. 
Well, and I've there's been a lot of discussion I've seen on Twitter about NDAs. Uh, there was that whole Overwatch like content creator meeting that had a bunch of people like looking at stuff for Overwatch Two. That people have started to get impatient. Start Twitter people, Twitter degenerates have started demanding for people who were on their NDAs to start revealing things just so that we can have any sort of content. Um, I understand where the impulse comes from, but NDAs for one are incredibly like legally binding. Number two, they're also t- often tailored in a way so that if information comes out, it's very easily specific to see who let who let that information out. Um, my main co- complaint with everything is like I understand content creators being under, under NDA but being shown stuff. We have confirmation at this point. Um, two months before the season was quote unquote projected to start in April that um. The pro players still don't know anything about the yep. game. They haven't even been able to scrim on the game or even touch the game, period. That's the bigger... Between like the people being on NDAs or not releasing anything, that's the bigger thing for me. Um, yeah, Totem, I'm... I don't know. At this point, I... It's almost like you're just sitting there watching a slow... You're just sitting watching like a car crash happening in slow motion and just kind of waiting for it to be over at a certain point with this whole thing. Well, there, there's no reason to be on red alert, like Totem said, though. Like, there's there's nothing... Oh, he meant about the league. I meant just about the whole game, in period. Well, that too. Uh, I mean, we've been sitting this long, right? Like, <laughs> like, like what's... what's Yeah, exactly. Totem even says the same thing. So, so like, they're, they're, uh, you've sat for this long. Are you not going to sit a little bit longer and wait? Like, um, I think the people that it hurts the most are the people who've got to play in a season here sometime soon. And like, you're getting close to that time when you're going to start ramping up, right? Like, mm-hmm. like there's, there's only so much time you can be playing six V six before. Like you've really got to understand what five V five is hopefully a month before the season is supposed to, to start. So like hopefully sometime in March, since the season is supposed to start in April, hopefully we get something Right. Or at least the players do, do at the very least some sort of closed beta that that only specific people are invited to and stuff, whatever, like something. Absolutely. Something would be fantastic. Right. Like like just anything of some sort. It doesn't need to be the game is going to be complete in six months. It could be another year away, but at least have us like give us a taste of of whatever you have. Like we've seen that you've had a playable enough version of the game at the end of the season. Right. So you're telling me in that time we don't have something that's resembling that that you can at least put out there. Okay, so let's get into kind of the meat of the Activision Blizzard King news uh, from the past month or so. Um, Last time we had talked Lobo, there was I think something that we kind of were kind of hitting over and over was that we knew that there was a strike going on with a lot of the Raven software employees uh, for quality assurance specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, But we didn't really know what was going forward with that. There hadn't really been any bigger news since then. The strike was continuing to happen for a substantial amount of time. Um, Activision Blizzard King pretty much in all across the board was refusing to acknowledge that the strike was happening. Um, Yeah. Uh, they were refusing to acknowledge pretty much that the strike was happening. In fact, in statements, whether it was to the press uh, inside within the company, they were talking. They were making claims that they were moving forward with like talks and with negotiations with the striking parties and people who were actually part of the striking parties were like, "No, that's not happening at all." Um, there has been no communication made. There has been no attempt at communication made from anybody towards us. There was even uh, some like good faith, like trying to. It wasn't with I don't think it was with Raven, but I think it was there There were some people who were striking at Activision Blizzard or Blizzard itself. Excuse me. Um, and I think they 
they had momentarily put a halt to that. I don't know if they still have and or what's going on anymore. It's hard to keep track of some of it sometimes, right? Because there's not we don't have like daily updates on on what's happening strike wise. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? The the only time we really get any updates is when like any sort of major information happens or uh, frustration sort of boils over enough where where we get tweets about, well, nothing has happened so far. Right. So it, it's it's hard to sort of keep track of some of this stuff, even when you're you know trying to keep track of everything and watch it pretty closely. So um, it is disappointing, though. Right. Um mm-hmm. Like like Raven Software specifically isn't working on Overwatch, but but it's still part of the, the company and still part of the change that they're trying to bring. Well, and you saw that quality with the quality assurance dev striking, all these bugs and all these really huge glitches started to pile up for Call of Duty, specifically with Warzone. Um, stuff like I, I saw reports that there was like there were certain skins that were glitched in game where you would appear invisible. Wow. If you were using them, people going through walls, stuff being bugged out and glitched like and of course you had a ton of like Call of Duty fans called like Warzone players who were very angry and very upset um, and started throwing stuff at the feet of QA. So like you guys need to fix the game. This is all your fault. And meanwhile, there's no there's a there was a lot of work trying to redirect the message like, look, this is not for one. That's not what QA's job is. QA just fix just points out these are what the bugs are. And then sends them to the dev team to get fixed. Yeah. QA does not actually fix anything. Yeah, it's on the but dev like, team to actually fix it. Yeah. So there is Raven Software. People had a lot of like had to deal with a lot of angry COD fans, which I understand being angry at your game being buggy and broken. I totally get it. But again, as we say almost every week, as I feel like is obvious at this point, does this does not give anybody license to start going after people on Twitter. It's well, you blame the right people at least for the for the like number one, right? Like, like blame mm-hmm. the people who are supposed to be fixing the bugs and the devs. Number two, blame upper management for not trying to get the QA team back into the fold the way that they need to be and just letting this strike continue on. And thankfully, there's money that continues to pour, pour in to help out. But still, it's kind of ridiculous, right? The, the, that we're at this point that we're, we're having uh, really no acknowledgement whatsoever of what's happening. And to be honest, like, what the QA team's asking for. It's not like they're asking for for crazy stuff, right? Like asking for people to be full time who were promised to be people who were literally promised it, right? Like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, the unionization now is is also something that that they're just going to have to deal with now at, at these different game development companies like the wave is coming, right? It's not stopping. Um, there, there's money behind these people who are trying to get these started. So either get with it or you're going to continue to have this this battle um unfortunately if it does become a battle of attrition we know who's going to win oh yeah but at the same time how angry are you going to let people get for warzone before everybody's playing apex legends like warzone your product is suffering because you're you're not doing the right thing definitely it's um we saw that happen uh the Raven software guys or the Raven software guys and gals, everybody there really kind of got hammered over the past month. Um, this of course was kind of one of the major pieces of news. Um, until Microsoft, uh, until the announcement went out, went out on January 18th, 2022, uh, that Microsoft was purchasing Activision blizzard for, I believe $69.9 billion. Um, really large sum of money. Yeah. Uh, 
And there's a lot to go into that. We'll kind of go more into like how this affects Overwatch at the end. Uh, we want to kind of focus on ABK stuff. Um, it kind of came as a shock to a lot of people. Um, not necessarily the idea of somebody actually buy it. I, I guess like that a company as massive as Activision Blizzard could get could be bought. Um, it's not necessarily surprising when you look in the grand scheme of things, but I don't know if it's something that ever naturally occurred to a lot of people. Well, like Totem said, pocket change really for a company like Microsoft. Let's let's face mm-hmm. it, right? Like like this is like Disney buying Fox, right? Like something mm-hmm. you can't really imagine them doing, but they totally do have the money to do something like that. Um, I, I don't I don't know if it was as shocking as, as people thought. Like Microsoft has been trying to make one of these big time acquisitions like this of like like there there there's I was it like 10 10 years ago they were trying to buy Nintendo right or was it 15 years I forget how long ago it was I I'm not familiar so. but but like th- they've been this isn't the first time where Microsoft has been doing this and honestly I mean if you've looked at at Microsoft's history within the past couple of years um they've been sort of acquiring studios like this like they've been collecting themselves like they Oh they grabbed Bethesda a couple yeah. years ago Exactly. They've they've been collecting their infinity stones here for a little bit. Like this is nothing new. So I I guess the timing of it is a surprise because there wasn't even any hints of it happening. Right. It kind of just happened. Well, Uh, like I think it was what was more shocking about it. I guess what was more like unforeseen about it was that like a month prior, Phil Spencer goes out and says like, oh, like we are we are reevaluating our relationship with Activision Blizzard in the wake of everything going on, which I, from from what I have gathered, he has to be very specific with what he says, because if not, if it's put a certain way, that does come off as tampering. Um, it's uh, so it's there's a lot of kind of different facets to this deal, but it's they get they are They put in a bid to purchase for sixty eight point seven billion. There's um, on the surface. This seems like probably the only way realistically you were ever going to get Bobby Kotick and co out is you need to have somebody come in at the very top and pretty much wipe everything out. Um, I will tell you right now, they've confirmed that Bobby Kotick will be on through at least the, they're going to keep Bobby Kotick on at least through the acquisition process and most likely for a while after that. Well, right. As, uh, because you still got to transition over, right? There's going to be a lot of changes as far as like chain of command stuff and things like that. Mm. Cause regardless of, of Bobby Kotick selling quote unquote, um, you still have the person and and this was something that was very clear by Phil when they made the announcement was that he is the one in charge, right? Um, that was very purposefully done for multiple reasons, right? Um, part of it, it was basically castrating Bobby Kotick a little bit, right? Um, saying that, hey, he's not the one who's going to be running things around here. I'm big boy Phil and I'm the one in charge. You best you best be ready for for what's coming. So it, it it's I, who knows what's coming, though, too. Right. The deal still has to go through. There, there's still that part that can not happen. I highly doubt it's not going to happen. Um, mm. <laughs> well, the, from what it sounds like, the FTC is investigating it because this does get with a company as massive as Activision. There is concerns about them creating a monopoly, of course, like there are those kinds of concerns. Now, granted, will the SEC actually like do anything to stop it i doubt it um i mean what can they do like it's uh, how is it, it i don't could negate, see how it's a monopoly that's the thing right like the gaming the industry kind of, is so big 
Yeah, but it's this idea of like if you have like so many major players like moving into themselves, there's specific rules for like how for what constitute like for what they will legally permit and what they won't. But I don't remember them off the top of my head. So I don't know. I but I'm with you. It's more than likely going to happen. Not for another year. They've put in their bid to purchase, but like it doesn't actually go through until about a year from now. Well, right. It, it, and that's what has to happen is you have to have the government agencies d- sort of approve of the deal, right? Like it's probably going to get approved. You know what I mean? L- like if the deal with Fox is getting through, w- what's to say that this deal isn't right? Mm-hmm. I know it's a different industry, but still it, it, it's one of those things where it's like, and, and Totem kind of brought this up, you know, uh, if, if you're of a certain age, you remember when, when Microsoft sort of became uh, the, you know, became the enemy, right? Like they were public yeah. enemy number one in some ways, as far as certain things, cause they were just kind of screwing everything up as far as gaming. And then the tables have definitely turned here, especially in the last few years. So, uh, the game pass has been one of those things. I still find it funny that Bobby Kotick's like, Oh, so the, the, the metaverse, the metaverse is why we're doing this. Like, shut up, Bobby. Everybody knows why you're doing it. Um, well, let's, let's get into that too, because there was an article that came out. He did an interview with trying to see who it was. Um, it was an interview with games beat that, they asked him like a couple different things and they asked him some stuff like, why did you sell? And it was, Oh, well he tried to lay the blame at like, well, our devs and everything are really behind on overwatch two and Diablo three and the announcement and kind of the backlash against that really did a number on our stock price. And we just felt like it was the right time for our shareholders. We felt it was a good deal for them. Like really trying to make, Doing two things, like trying to be like nice Uncle Bobby of like, oh, like we thought it was a good deal for our shareholders. Like we want to make sure they got taken care of, but also like throwing dev at the blame, throwing blame at the devs feet saying like, well, it's because they aren't able to catch up like they aren't they don't have stuff where it needs to be. And meanwhile, you saw tweets coming out from former like you saw tweets coming out from people who were working at Activision Blizzard. There's a tweet actually I wanted to check out here where it was. um, I'm trying to. Let me find it. Well, there is um, the, the the Tracy Kennedy tweet. I know is a good. Yeah, one. that's what I'm talking about. Well, okay, it's I, I have it here. So yeah, the, you go. There, there's the Wowhead article that talks about um, his motive, um, which is from the article that you were talking about from Gamesbeat. Um, and she goes, Bobby, tell everyone about the random projects for Overwatch One. You all would shove on us. The team would do overtime for only them to get canceled and for two months of overwatch Two dev uh work to have been lost or how almost the entire team is turning over and citing you as the reason why don't be shy so she, she follows it up with oh wait that's right you have behind scapegoats because you're a coward my mistake ty will remember you to be a greedy joke and there's nothing you can do about that we outlasted you me one bye at the time was she still a, a dev too for the the team like, I think it was only recently where she left, right? Because she was she used to be a producer. Um, she's moving on to something else. Right. But but that's what I'm saying is um, she only moved recently. Like when she tweeted that she was technically um, still part of the team. Yeah. So um, she she isn't anymore. And, and like this is another production person that, that the team is losing. Right. Like like there's so many people who have been integral parts of the team that continue to leave the company and and like her tweet sort of resonates even more where it's like okay she talks about man there's all this turnover and now there's even more turnover because she's even she's leaving right so and like no wonder we don't know anything is going we don't know what's going on with the game because 
at this point, it sounds like a lot of the devs don't even know what's going on with the amount of churn and turnover and and things being redirected over and over and being put in different places. Um, there's talk about that with, I think it's later, well, that we have later on with Raven Software stuff where stuff seems to be training, training all the time. Um, changing all the time, excuse me. I am, um, minor like anecdote. I I have a couple like, close people fam friends i think my um significant other who work for like major corporate companies and or like even places like the like the armed forces any sort of huge organization you get this impression like it has to be super slick it has to be super like put together and organized in order for this giant thing to function and it never is all these like huge big like corporate places that have a ton of people under them they're never well put together they're never fluid and they never work easily so they already have a kind of chaotic environment like that. But when things are getting turned over again and again and again, major dev leaders like um, we already know about Jeff. Um, there's other major uh, producers who left in the past. Like, of course, of course, things are not only a huge mess, but of course, there's no message being sent out because nobody even knows what's going on. Right. So so it's no surprise. And then this this hurts, you know, not just not only is it hurting the company, but it's also hurting everything else right like why is it that the players don't have anything to play on yet because we were hearing about all this stuff happening right so mm -hmm. it, it's like it's no surprise that we're at this point but it's also frustrating because it's like you know you 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 make all these other excuses if you're a guy like bobby Kotick, but then it's clear this day that like a lot of these problems are are self-inflicted right yeah. by people like bobby for for and and upper management for not not taking what's happening seriously with the 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 different devs who are you know putting out cards to be part of unions and 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 there's so much of the union stuff that's happening too right so it's like this all the it's always funny to me when you see like a big corporation like this sort of like continually just bite you know bite the hand that feeds them basically right and, and just like shoot themselves in the foot like like every sort of metaphor of that kind they are doing to themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, quick. So quick thing about Microsoft as well. There was an all hands meeting that happened pretty close to after the Microsoft merger. I wasn't, or the Microsoft purchase was announced. Um, it was a 30 minute mandatory meeting for everybody. And apparently Bobby showed up. At least, I think around 10 minutes late, talked for about 10 minutes, answered questions, quote unquote, from workers, but it was mostly like the person who he was co-hosting with um, was also like was just reading him questions that they had, which who knows where those came from. I doubt they were actually real questions. Um, so, yeah, he was just reading pre-prepared questions and then they ended up being 10 minutes early. So realistically, he came up like made announcements for 15 minutes and left stuff like, oh, like we're committed to making sure we're we're committed to figuring out like what's the best fit for everybody, because I think something that you mentioned earlier when these big companies kind of merge together, there's a lot of people at company A and company B who are doing the same job. Yeah, corporate restructuring is something that has to happen when there's these sort of things, right? And it's not necessarily that people are going to lose their jobs. Some might, you, you never know. But the the way that the, the two companies talk to each other now that they're one has to change, right? There's a lot of different things. Um, even stuff as sim simple and as like goofy as like, what email platform are they on and stuff, right? 
Um, do they use Slack or do they use Teams? Like that was even a joke that people saw. Where like yeah. Blizzard uses Slack and like Microsoft uses Teams because it's a Microsoft program, of course. Yeah, of course. So so like there, there's like a lot of changes that are probably going to be in the works. They probably won't happen for a few years. Some of them. But there's still things that have to happen. There's still some sort of communication that's going to eventually need to happen. Like we're not even in the stages where that's going to happen just yet, though, either. Right. Like the sale has to go. And that's like that's like part of this whole thing, too. Right. The sale has to go through first and then and then those other steps can happen. So like now sort of planning things out because you're going to have to eventually make that switch because, like I said, I don't I don't foresee this being stopped. There doesn't seem to be any reason for that to happen. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, some more news as far as the, as far as Raven software workers, um, they officially unionized a little bit earlier in January. Um, announcements came out uh, from Jason Shearer at Bloomberg. Um, yeah, on January 21st, 2022, testers at Raven software, a division of Activision say they formed a union and are asking for voluntary recognition. The 34 person unit is the first ever union in a big budget video game industry. Yes, first ever un- like first ever unit or union, excuse me, in like big budget video games, which is it's something that I like I think is it's tempting to just think like oh, cool, oh this is the next logical step, but this is like a very very big thing for this to be the first in just the, the major video game industry as a whole. Well, and you clearly have other companies that are looking to do the same thing, right? Like there's the Ubisoft group, there's there's uh other there's the other arms of ABK that are looking to do the same, right? Like we know the union cards have been passed out at Blizzard and stuff like that. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of like steps towards these things happening, right? Um, none of it's happened yet, though. So there's still, um, well, there's, there's still been, some things that has to happen. There's been a couple bits. Um, they have, from what it's, from what it sounds like, they have approached they they approached Raven Software uh, and asked them to voluntarily recognize their union uh, rather than necessarily forcing it through negotiation. Um, Raven software declined and it sounded like they made it from being like a, well, we'll put it to a company vote. We're going to put it to a company wide vote to see whether or not we recognize you guys as a union, which is like, this is where we get into, well, it's where we get into union busting though of like, okay, we're going to do whatever we can to take the, the air out of the sails of this. That way, like it stops gaining any sort of momentum, which means if we can put other departments against you and be like, man, can we talk about how QA thinks they're so great for doing this? Like they're going to do it. The the biggest thing is, is whether or not they're getting support from other other divisions right inside mm-hmm. Raven. And that's something we don't really know. We don't know how things are being talked about. Like, I, I haven't heard a whole lot of like that sort of internal stuff from Raven. Um, I haven't really looked for it, though, either. But it's on the better ABK Twitter, but I haven't seen it much around everywhere else. Right. But but the better ABK, it's hard to know stuff with the like, like how there, there's a lot of people part of a better ABK that are represented, but like there's not a specific like Raven part of it. Right. With with how many signatures they've gotten from current employees, you'd think that there might be a decent opportunity for them to to push this through. Um, of course, it depends on when this vote happens and stuff. Right. Um, mm-hmm. There's still a lot to be figured out. So the 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 part that sucks about stuff like this is that it can sometimes it feels like a slow moving process sometimes. Definitely. It feels like it's this is something that does take a lot of time, Um, but 
it takes lead last time, I think, when there isn't significant opposition coming from the company itself. Um, after ABK, after the board refused to recognize them voluntarily, uh, they have filed with the National Labor, Labor Relations Board um, as far as being officially recognized. And then it sounds like now the union busting has started to happen. Um, apparently, QA, mem- so appa- QA members have come back into work in good faith with the idea of like, we want to negotiate. We want to like be present at the table. We're, g- we're coming back to work. The strike is over. Um, what was they had a specific way of communicating it? Well, that was it. that was it. They, they were doing this in good faith. Yeah. Um, and. But their good faith obviously isn't being rewarded because what's one of the things that's happened for some of the people that have gone back to work? Uh, quality assurance testers, and this is uh, Shannon. Well, I, I can't say the last name. Um, Lau. Yeah. Uh, Raven quality insurance testers were told in meetings yesterday uh, with studio head Brian Rafael and HR that they would be moved to different part departments across the studio. Uh, labor experts told me this could be a sign of management trying to dilute the union support. Just that there is just like wild, right? Yeah. Well, it sounds like hmm, they like there's a lot of stuff where like they have to be, I guess, very they can't stop. They can't 100 percent union bust. It sounds like, but they can do a lot of stuff to just put these obstacles in front of them. So, yeah, they, they can dilute it. I mean. But this is also something that can also work against them, though, too, right? It, you, you try to move these people around to other departments or, or try to, to make it a little bit harder for them to be together. Well, now they have other people that they can talk to about what they're trying to do, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if this necessarily will work out in their favor. It might not. But there's still there's a lot of union busting tactics that they're deploying here for sure, or, or, or at least trying to delay the what feels like the inevitable sometimes. Yeah. Um, some more news kind of as we go through this part. Um, two major things. So it was reported like kind of quietly. I didn't see too many people talk about this, but it got a little bit of traction. Um, in the kind of the wake of all of this, Activision Blizzard King um inquired about possibly purchasing major gaming news sites, specifically Kotaku and PC Gamer, in order to try and redirect the narrative around the company. That's so bad. Yeah, this is according to a report from the Wall Street Journal. I mean, I'm not surprised, but that's like such a big conflict of interest that I wonder if that even be allowed to happen. Right. Um, you know, probably hasn't happened in port because it's like, would that even be allowed? Would they even get the chance to buy it? Mm. I mean, I'm not necessarily confident they would stop it. So but again, th- like. It just feels slime, more sliminess, more grossness. Um, but Labosco, I, what we were thinking on as we kind of move into the Overwatch part of this, we were like, yeah, oh, I can I not? I can't read the article. Oh my gosh, bummer. I have to subscribe. Um, so we were all talking about like, okay, well, we're gonna as we move into the Overwatch part. Um, we at least will get some sort of news about what's going on in the shareholder meeting. Like the quarterly earnings call that happens, that was going to happen in mid February. Like that's where we'll get a good idea about like Overwatch Two stuff, uh, about maybe Overwatch League. That's where we were expecting there to be some sort of um, announcement, and it kind of made sense with like a lot of the new the rumors swirling around. There's been some rumors now that like oh we're going to get some Overwatch Two announcements like in the near near future, and it sounds like I have to see if I can find a different article. It sounds like they've canceled that shareholder meeting. Um. 
Well, they've can't. Well, they canceled BlizzCon, like the the even the like digital BlizzCon that they were going to have. Right. Um, I think that's what at least that's the article that you had here, which we kind of already knew about. Then I probably clicked the wrong one, but here it is. But either way, like canceling a shareholders meeting like you're. That's not good. I, I don't know that that's a little bit of a surprise to me. I guess at this point they're already going to, you know, you're already getting what, what is the, the price of shares matter right now to, you know, ABK as it is right now. Right. Not, not quite yet owned by Microsoft, but going that way anyways. Right. So, so what's it matter if you don't hold a shareholders meeting that probably should, but, but at this point, what, what is somebody like Bobby Kotick care if he's basically on the out? Well, okay, so let me actually rephrase what I said because I'm wrong a little bit. There was no conference call from Activision Blizzard today um, or on the 3rd. There still was the call, but usually these kinds of calls are kind of broadcasted out that way, like, or like it's a conference call so shareholders can sit in and usually that audio just gets put back out immediately again into like the world for news. But because of the, they're saying because of the purchase from Microsoft, from Microsoft, they have not, they did not do a conference call. So we didn't hear if there that actually was any sort of news. That makes sense. Um, why are you going to have a conference call when you're, everything's changing about your company and within the next year. So that, that makes more sense. Um, not too much of a surprise. Yeah, it's, um, we'll continue to keep our eyes peeled on it. It's so when you look at the pros and cons of this move, there were points that were said that like, I, I kind of saw two things come to well, there were two things that came to my mind um, po- in the positive sides. There is a lot of like, there's a lot of leadership at Microsoft that is specifically based around like female empowerment uh, and based around like minority group empowerment. A lot of their executive suite, or I guess like their leadership team is female led. So we know, and they've, they have said they are specifically wanting to address like um, female leadership. So like, we know there is, it seems like on the surface, we don't know. It seems like there is a decent culture as far as um, female leadership within that company. However, there were plenty of reports. We also heard of people either leaving from Microsoft because of being like leaving from Microsoft and coming to Blizzard for um, frustration with working at that company or from people who used to work at Microsoft coming into Blizzard with like a certain group and carrying on the same kind of frat boy behavior. We already talked about Activision Blizzard. So we'll see. I mean, yeah, it could just be because the the culture allowed it to be there at Activision Blizzard that that's why some of those employees that used to be at Microsoft did that. Right. Like it also could be that those people left Microsoft because they were frustrated with the fact that they were empowering people who, you know, didn't look like them. You know what I mean? We saw we saw how some people at uh Activision Blizzard looked or what they said when when different people were being put into places, right? So whatever. Like, like until we see what happens, we can't speculate on those things. I don't think it's a good idea to like, oh, nothing's going to change when Microsoft buys it. We don't know. We don't even know what Microsoft's gonna do with ABK once it's fully in their hand. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. So we'll have to keep an eye on it. Um we don't we are we are just at the beginning of this part of the story yeah it's so um, too early to tell when we look as far as what does this mean for overwatch 2 um 
I guess on a, on an overall corporate level, you would hope that this streamlines some things or at least kind of refocuses some things. The team is working their butts off. They are trying as hard as they can. I like none of this is on. I don't put any of that on them, but just having a solid unified co- corporate direction for the game, I think would help so much more. We already talked about it with that, um, with that Tracy candy tweet where like, it seems like priorities were shifted all the freaking time over the past two years. Well, right. But that's probably not going to change because that other management is still in charge right now. So mm-hmm. like you can't expect those changes for a couple years. I think it's, um, not a good thought to think, oh, well, things are going to just be fine now, right? Like, like there's to- too much time between when things will actually change in that sort of sense to to be thinking that that the the merger, the the buyout itself is going to affect that right now. Uh, How do you think it'll affect the game like in the long term? It's hard to say. We don't know. Like, we don't even know, like, if Overwatch 2 is going to come out before the buy is finished or after. So I it's hard to say. I, I don't see how it can change anything right now. And then it's all going to be determined on what Overwatch 2 success is, right? Like the, the game's been in development for this long. I don't and we know Overwatch is as a property still a a a name that holds value, even though right now it is something that people will meme and do everything else with, right? Like there's still a, a core dedicated group of people will play it. Um, their numbers are still okay, but you've got to think about the highs that Overwatch has reached. Like this is part of the reason Overwatch is part of the reason why a team like somebody like Microsoft wants to buy a company like Activision Blizzard, right? Mm-hmm. You don't just buy them because um, it's cheap. You buy them because you you see things that are going to make your company more money. Overwatch is one of those things. World of Warcraft prints money still, basically, even even though they've had a lot of problems as of late. But like you see things, you see properties that you can continue to make money from, but also maybe make them better. Right. Like you don't you don't come in if you're Microsoft and be like, okay, we're not doing Overwatch, too. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like stuff like that's not going to happen. They'll wait and see what Overwatch 2 does before, you know how much time well, and effort they put into it after it's released. I'm wondering if like, if you want to talk about getting people interested in it, if you want to talk about getting like playership up, you put overwatch on like on game pass. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's a ton of opportunity for overwatch to really grow and expand. Um, I do wonder with the league, like the league is going to happen. Well, okay. Fingers crossed the Bosco. Fingers crossed, because we never know what's going to happen with this with this freaking game and this freaking company. This season is going to happen. I am curious what happens a year from now, as far as like I could see there being major changes as far as how the game operates. I don't know what Microsoft's actual involvement is with like esports for their other titles. As far as I, Halo would probably be the only other one. Well, this is also their opportunity to get more into esports, right? Yeah, like that's the thing. Okay, so what is it again? What are things that are beneficial to Microsoft that Activision Blizzard already has? Right. They they have owners like what for for the Overwatch League? Like think about some of the the names in ownership for the Overwatch League, right? Like you you are now creating a relationship that you may have already had some sort of relationship for. But now you're literally owning uh, the game that that they have this franchise investment in. And I think this is one thing that people always seem to sort of like um, not understand. Like when, when people 
invest who are the these people with all you know these billionaires when they invest in 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 something like overwatch league um you're looking your return on investment isn't something you're looking for immediately right like that's not something that's promised um a couple of bad years isn't going to stop them from trying to make their 20 million or 60 million dollar investment work so you 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 have more time than you think for some of this to work and something like with Microsoft getting their hands on this maybe revitalizes some of those owners too so i think that people what the Overwatch League continues to be you know Microsoft's going to have a say in that but I think that there's going to be changes even this coming year. Like we already know Esports Engine is working with um, Call of Duty League this year, right? To to help host their events and do everything. We did hear as well that like oh, that they're looking at. I, I thought I heard this like mentioned by Halo, but I don't remember actually ever seeing the announcement that like it was going to be outsourced this year, that there was going to be somebody else running it rather than for Overwatch League as well, rather than just Activision well, no, themselves. Th- it's not that they said that. It's that they said that they're looking at potentially partnering with somebody to help run the league, right? Like sort of what Esports Engine is doing with Call of Duty League. Like there's nothing for sure yet. But something like that can happen. But that doesn't mean that they don't have their in-house people too, who would probably still be part of the production. So uh, I think it's too early to know for that for sure, especially with how much time we have. Yeah, I do think if you're one of those season one owners, I feel like at this point you start you're starting to push for like, like you were saying, you have a couple of years for that investment to start paying off. But I feel like if we're at year what this is season five of the Overwatch League, right? But you're also talking about an acquisition that changes everything. Yeah, it does. I don't know. Like, like I, you have to look at it through that lens. Yeah. Um, um like I said, this is something that I, I would feel like if you're an Overwatch League investor you know, or a franchise owner, this sort of changes thing. And you're a franchise owner, right? Like you're not selling out of this right now. Like the the way that the, the way that things are going in the league, if you were to sell out right now, you wouldn't make your money, right? If you yeah. were a franchise owner, if you were selling to another fr- owner, you wouldn't make your money. Um, and what's the point of just ending it, right? And wasting all that money. There is it. Well, t- two things about that. Well, two things really quick. Toto makes a great point because we know that Microsoft has invested a lot in mobile phone technology. So finally, Diablo Immortal can make its way to the masses as intended. Um, using Microsoft phone. That was really stupid, but I'm happy with it. Um, I'm happy to steal Totem's joke and fail to stick the landing really, really hard. Um, but it's a lot. Yeah. Mobile phones, Diablo Immortal. Very fun. It's 2018 again. And then, um, we talked about like the league having money, the league have it. Like we know that the organizations that run these places have a ton, like still have money, like that they're very e- able to spend, but they often don't want to. We're talking about billionaires. Um, like they can spend if they want. Well, and this brings me to, we got an announcement from sideshow and Bren earlier this earlier this month that as of probably mid month, they did not currently have a contract with the league. Um, from what it's been written, it sounds like they were offered something and they felt it was below their, what they were worth. And then their counter offer was not accepted. And negotiate that's, it's a standard thing in negotiations. However, I think that this is her, this is hit pretty deep for a lot of people. It's not necessarily surprising, 
I don't know. We in the past we have heard issues about Overwatch League um, and Activision Blizzard really being reluctant to kind of pay a lot of the up to paying broadcast of talent, paying broadcast talent up to the level that they that talent thinks they are worth. Um, well, it was part of why we saw that big. It, we it's part of why we saw that big like exodus of talent in season three, right? Also there are some people who are just standard, right? Yeah, L- like like you're talking about industry standard stuff. I don't think these people were asking for like crazy sums of money. I think is worth no. pointing out too. But they, it's not uncommon for people to be like, oh, well, there's somebody who will is uh, who will offer who we can do it for cheaper with, and we have who we want, so we're just gonna work with them. That's part of negotiations. However, it's something that Activision Blizzard seems to do very often for Overwatch League or for Overwatch is that they're not. It's it's they go to that well a lot for broadcast talent. We saw it with, I mean, nobody well, what, misses some oh, of the talent from season three, but like season two, but like that's what it sounds like happened with Monty and Doa initially. Um, there were rumors of that almost happening with Uber in season three as well. Um, and then we talk like we still don't necessarily know what happened with Wolf, but I'd be willing to bet that played a part of it and seeing it happen to Bren and sideshow is really disconcerting. I mean, it's, it, it's a trend that they're just continuing from seasons past, right? Uh, mm-hmm. you, you, you don't want to pay your talent, uh, like what they're worth. And then the talent leaves because they're not, you know, you're not able to come to an agreement of some kind that is worth it for them. So then what do you do? You hire out the people who, uh, either have really no choice but to take these offers but also people that are kind of looking for their opportunity right so the other thing too is is if if they end up going this other route um it could be that the the bringing the broadcasters in part of it is like okay you probably have to work with some of the people who are already hired by blizzard but it might be somebody like an esports engine who ends up um being the one in charge of of hiring the talent for these events Right? We still don't really know. Like, have they ever confirmed for us that they're going to run the season the same way this year? Like, I don't even think we know that technically. Like as far as like a tournament format? Well, right. But but we don't know if they're going to do events at different, you know, in-person events. Oh, not. yeah. We have no you know idea I mean? about that. We have no not idea. At all. We have no idea not what they're going to do. So, like, there's a lot of confusion. Um, and I think it's very, very much a blizzard thing where we're not going to know until it finally happens too no I right mean, we didn't know that they were going to be on youtube until what like two days before the game started in yeah. season three exactly so so that's the point is like things get held close to the vest i mean you think about the nda stuff like we were talking about earlier the nda stuff like it still annoys me to no end like why couldn't you let people talk about it just let them talk about it that's it just let them talk about what they saw or what they heard right like like Everybody was so like, think about the good will that they earned from that, like how much they actually earned. Right. Did they earn anything from, hey, we had these creators in a call and we showed them stuff, um, but then we made them sign an NDA so they can't say anything. If anything, you saw a lot more ill will directed towards those content creators because it was just people who were parroting. It felt like they were parroting talking points they were given, like through a tweet. Like, okay, make sure to say this, right. this, and this. Regardless of it being targeted at them or not, at the end of the day, if it's targeting at them, it's still going back to Blizzard too, right? Yeah. So that's the point. Like, they didn't earn any good faith from doing that. They didn't earn any goodwill. They didn't even earn positive PR from that. Everything was negative. 
Yeah. Now the perception is just like, well, it's like, oh yeah. And remember they said there was a bunch of cool stuff coming that one time. And like, we're never going to hear any of it. Like I have said this very many times over the life of this podcast, the Bosco, but it, again, it feels like the player, like player spirits are at a, at a significant low right now. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you don't even know what game you're going to be playing in two months to start your season. Of course they're going to be ups, you know, not upset, but like in, in low spirits. And, you know, I haven't watched somebody play Overwatch in like months. I haven't touched Overwatch since November. Like I'm I'm right there with you. So it's like we are Brigitte main level of low. <laughs> I pretty much. That's that, that that about sums it up, Totem. We're we're at Brigitte yeah. level uh low right now. And it's like there's a lot of questions that Ramsey's and I are asking ourselves about like what is it that we want to do as a mm-hmm. result of this? Because it's like they're so uncertain. How are we supposed to be certain? Right? How yeah. are we supposed to be certain? How are we supposed to decide what we want to do? So if they can't even decide. I mean, there is a reason why there are the old there, if there's a reason why the podcast the podcasting community for this game has died out so much. And it's because that's so so few people feel rewarded being engaged with it. Well, and here's the thing. At this point, it's not something that we're doing because we're trying to to grow this into something crazy big, right? Like it's just the the numbers aren't there. Across we do this board. because we enjoy it. Yeah, this is passion project now. Um, but that's the thing about passion projects. They last as long as the passion is there. And Activision Blizzard is making it really hard to stay passionate about something like this. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the most frustrating part about all of it. Right. Uh, is it's hard to keep the passion going when every time you sort of like look at something like I'll tell you what, what gave me the most joy of like looking at something overwatch as of late, I stumbled upon on YouTube an apply video where he was ranking where he thought teams were going to be, uh, for, for this coming season. And apply is funny. Apply is somebody that, that if you haven't watched some of his videos, do it, you'll enjoy them. Uh, you know, he's a high energy guy. Uh, he, he doesn't pull back punches either. So, it's definitely something worth checking out if you're somebody who who likes that sort of content. So, I again, I'm I'm not sure what to think right now. It sucks because like we didn't really even have like any news that's worth like like, like actual Overwatch League news, right? Everything was outside of Overwatch League for the most part this month. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, not yeah, kind of the deal. But we still have more to come, of course. Um, Hopefully, we'll be here. I mean, yeah, we'll be here for whatever it is. That's probably going to do it. That's probably going to do it for us on episode 129 of Push the Point. Thanks for hanging out. We appreciate you. As always, we want to remind we want to invite you to leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify. Dad, you can do that. It makes it easier for people to find us. And we like we get to find out what you like, what we can make better about the podcast. If you want to hang out in our discord, we're in there occasionally. Um, you can find us at discord.me slash mash those buttons. Uh, Lobo, tell them about the Patreon. Patreon.com slash mash those buttons as little as a dollar a month and you get access to Patreon exclusive content that you get to see here. There's always some really cool stuff on there that that even like like uh, dropping spicy does some cool stuff. So sometimes you'll even hear mine and Ramsey's voice there on the Patreon. So it's definitely worth checking out. Also, uh, last good little point here by Totem. Uh, things will resurge as far as passion and stuff if the beta hits, right? 
or when the beta hits. But but yeah, it's more about like when is it going to hit? So hopefully hopefully that happens soon. So uh, but anyways, at Pushpoint POD is the Twitter where, you know, you find out when we're live and we're, we're talking about this live and then you can be uh, hanging out and chat just like Totem is. Uh, we, we always are very engaged with chat as well during the episode. So come hang out. We do it on Sunday nights. Uh, right now it's once a month. So uh, just look for the if you're on the Twitter, you'll know when it happens. You'll know when it goes live. So uh, follow us on Twitter or uh, email us at push the point at gmail.com. Maybe you're somebody who is a creator who was invited to this meeting and you are wanting to spill the beans. Push the point <laughs> at gmail.com is the email where you can send us from your burner email all the information that you have that you want to get it out. We'll leak it. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, we'll be the just one, saying. We'll, we'll be the ones to get you in trouble. It'll be a good time. Well, no, because it's a burner account. They won't know who, who sent it to us. No, but that's the whole deal is that like they 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 customize these bits of information across everybody's different releases. Well, that way, like they, but if they tell, were all in a call together. I'm just saying they were all in a call together, right? <laughs> so they gave everybody the same information. You know, what's ridiculous to me? So what's ridiculous to me about that call, though, there's a bunch of content creators for this game who are pro players. People like Dante, people like Super. Super is probably the biggest Overwatch streamer, I think. Like that's out there right now. Super space. Why aren't they in this call? Why are they not in the content creator call for the game? Because you really expect them to not spill the beans accidentally. I mean, they signed a. I mean, Dante. No, I do not expect. I don't expect Dante to make it. But like, That's what I'm saying, I, you expect Super. I, Wait, you expect Super to make it? Like, let's be real. He, super quit the league right now. The guy would be just fine, right? The, he's a mature young lad. I believe in him. He's a mature young lad who also says things sometimes. Uh, right, not not like bad things, but he'll you know he can let things slip. Where is Neptuno when we need him, Bosco? Where's Neptuno, where's Neptuno with his leaks to finally help us out? <laughs> where's just somebody like, come on, like somebody just like I said, that email I gave it. Where's just that meme of us just like, it's just that, of that one guy poking the thing with a stick and saying, come on, do something. But that's but, been us for the past three years. So <laughs> basically, I mean, that's that, Overwatch. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us for episode 129 of Push the Point. We appreciate you guys. Have a good rest of your February. We'll see you in March as things kind of start ramping back up again. Uh, We'll see you soon. I'm sure we'll have plenty of news to talk about. Have a good one. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Later. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 